I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we continue our reflection on the service of both Governor. Gary Herbert and Jeanette Herbert uh, for their time uh, in the governor's mansion and all the contribution that they've made to state. We're, we're really pleased to be joined by Jeanette Herbert uh, for this segment of the program. And as our former first lady, welcome to Inside Sources. Thank you, Boyd. Glad to talk to you this morning. Wonderful. This is a this is a great event tonight, and uh, we were talking uh, before we started uh, that this really was a, a great opportunity for you to gather people together uh, to reflect, to give some some thanks uh, to the the massive team that really makes a, a governor's office go. It is. It is. Last year was a hard year. We um, had a lot of plans that got canceled, and by the end of the year, you know, we usually have open houses and different functions and, and, you know, kind of to celebrate what's gone on that year. And we left without having much closure. And it was it was very difficult. You know, we've had so many people that were close to that we've worked with. It. And so tonight is a way of bringing everyone together and just really a, a night of celebration, celebrating the 11 and a half years of success and friendships that were built and uh, just really having some great entertainment and just a really fun night. So we're really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I want to get to a couple of things. One, you you had a very unique perch from which to watch uh, the the growth of the state, some of the challenging times of the state. Uh, at times, uh, you and the governor were out there leading and cheerleading, and sometimes you were consoling and helping. Uh, give us some reflection on uh, what you learned in that process. You know, the one thing that really comes to my mind first is that just the um, the people of Utah are so amazing. As we traveled throughout the state and went to remote corners of the state, and it's it's interesting just to see everyone everyone have the same needs. They all have the same um, concerns about their families, about the state, about the economy, whatever it is, in in different ways. You know, depending on what area they live in. But it was really great to get to know the individuals of the state and realize that we are so blessed here in Utah because of the people that, that are around us all the time and what they bring to the community. Oh, that's great. Uh, as you reflect on, on some of those interactions, uh, any stand out to you in terms of uh, an interaction with one of the citizens or maybe a particular event that uh, was maybe a little different than you thought? Well, I remember one, and this wasn't actually my event. I didn't make it to this one, but it was my husband went out to... Um, 
and I, I, it's been a few years ago, but anyway, it was just little teeny out in the corner. I think it was the north uh, west corner of the state, and it's just a little town of a couple hundred people. And he'd gone to their elementary school there, and and um, after he spoke to them, they invited him to come and eat lunch. And and this one young man came up and he said, you know, could I play the piano for you? And you know, and he was he was fairly young, and Gary thought, well, that's sure, you know, I'd love to hear you play, thinking it's going to be some little easy <laughs> chopsticks or something, you know, and, and uh, he ended up playing like you've never seen before. Mm. And he was a real protege. He had actually had to uh, take lessons up in Idaho because they couldn't find a p- piano teacher. But uh, when they discovered he could play, then his grandpa saved all this money and bought him a piano. And he they eventually had him go to the University of Utah uh, to take lessons from a specialist out there because he was so amazing. But I can remember Gary saying, he says, you know, you just never expect that when you go out to these little remote areas to find some hidden talent like that mm. that you never would have known about had he, had he not gone out there and, and visited that corner of, of Utah. And uh, so that's those are the things that you discovered. Those are the things that you found as you went around is that there were just hidden talents all throughout the state. Oh, I love that. Uh, and as you were really part of a, a, an equally yoked tag team uh, with Governor Herbert, uh, you had your own initiatives uh, that you worked on that made a huge difference, especially for the children of the state of Utah. Tell us about that. I did. Uh, when I first got into office, you know, it was really clear to me that our kids are just constantly under attack by, you know, a lot of false philosophies and, and ideas and and things that are being disseminated through our media and, you know, our popular culture and especially even our education systems. And, um, you know, these kids have to be strong. They have to be resilient. But all that starts in the home. You know, this is where they're being taught those skills they will need so they can combat those things as they come at them. And the strength of our community really is, I think, in direct correlation to the strength of the family and the families that live in that community. And so I started my own initiative. It was called Uplift Families. And it's a parenting initiative. And it's based on um, basically just giving um, families resources, you know, and training and support so that they can carry out the most important work that they have. And that is that of being a parent. And that is the most important job I think anyone will ever have because uh, you're raising the leaders of tomorrow. And so, you know, being a parent is hard work and it's not for the faint of heart. And we all need all the help that we can get. So we actually developed a website, upliftfamilies.org, and it has a lot of resources uh, for parents and teachers. We also had a yearly conference that we had specialists come in and speak, but all those uh, topics were on there. But basically, it was just making sure that parents realized that they are the, you know, they're the main teachers of these children. They can't leave it to the schools. They can't leave it to the neighbors. They can't leave it to the church. They're the ones that need to instruct them and guide them and teach them those skills of, of um, how to be resilient and how to com- combat those social um, strains that come along when they get older, the, the pressures that they have. And and I think um, I think we did some good there. I think we really had some, some very positive feedback and people that, that really responded well to our message that, was, that we were giving out there. So. Uh, so, so important, this uplift families. If you're just joining us, uh, we have former First Lady of the State of Utah, Jeanette, Herbert on the line with us, a big celebration tonight at a Bravanel Hall, uh, and rightly so. Uh, as we uh, kind of round things out, uh, Jeanette, as you look back at your legacy, at the all that you invested and put into the state 
of Utah. What's what's the lesson you learned from the people of the of the state? Well, I think the thing that uh, concerns me right now, the lessons I learned is how important it is to be united, to be a good neighbor, uh, to care for those around you. And I think that we're slipping in a few areas, but there's so much, you know, that we just really need to reevaluate where we're at. Um, I see a lot of negative comments that come out on both sides. And, and I think it's time that we look at our state and think, you know, we have so much here. We need to be an example to other states. We have that ability to really uh, show other states what we're all about, both in, in the way the state is governed, as well as just uh, being a good neighbor and being a good citizen and being involved. And, uh, you know, I think that's I think we need to just kind of reflect all the time and say, OK, where am I at with that? What can I do to improve? And, and so I think that's that's kind of what I feel is that I, I feel like we've got such great potential here and so many great people. And we don't want to lose sight of that. We want to make it sure it keeps going in a positive direction. Uh, so very important. And we are so grateful for your service. Uh, to the state. Uh, often the the governor's title uh, carries a lot, but we know that as First Lady of the state of Utah, your impact was felt far and wide and will continue to be felt uh, for years to come here in the state of Utah. Jeanette Herbert, former First Lady of the state of Utah, both she and Governor Gary Herbert will be honored tonight at Abravanel Hall, uh, and rightly so, a wonderful legacy and so many important lessons for us, not just to look back on but to apply and move forward with. And we're going to continue that conversation with Scott Keller and the impact of Governor Herbert's administration on the business community coming up next on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.